Hey, I'm Andy. I'm Andy. And you're listening to the HMO Podcast. Over 10 years ago, I set myself the challenge of building my own property portfolio. And what began as a short-term investment plan soon became a long-term commitment to change the way young people live together. I've now built several successful businesses, I've raised millions of pounds of investment, and I've managed thousands of tenants. Join me and some very special guests to discover the tips, tricks, and hacks, the ups and the downs, the best practice, and everything else you need to know to start, scale, and systemize your very own HMO portfolio. Now. Maintenance. It's an essential part of running a property business, certainly an essential part of running a HMO property business. Depending on where you are in the country, depending on the types of tenants that you have in your properties, depending on the size of your properties and depending on the age of your properties will ultimately determine how much you end up spending on maintenance every single year. But there are ways that we can reduce our maintenance bills. There are things that we can all do no matter where we are in the country, no matter the types of our tenants or the age of our properties or the size of our HMOs, there are things that we can all do to reduce the cost of our maintenance. And that's exactly what I want to talk about in today's episode of the HMO podcast. Today, I want to share five ideas that'll help you reduce your maintenance costs, irrespective of all of those things I just mentioned. So if this is something that would help you in your property business, don't go anywhere. Please sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode of the HMO podcast. guys, it's Andy here. We're going to be getting back to the podcast in just a moment. But before we do, I want to tell you very quickly about the HMO Roadmap. Now, if you're serious about replacing your income, or perhaps you've already got a HMO portfolio that you want to scale up, then the HMO Roadmap really is your one-stop shop. Inside the Roadmap, you'll find a full 60-lesson course delivered by me, teaching you how to find more deals, how to fund more deals and raise private finance, how to refurbish great properties, how to fill them with great tenants that stay for longer, and how to manage your properties and tenants for the future. We've also got guest workshops added every single month. We've got new videos added every single week about all sorts of topics. We've got downloadable resources, cheat sheets and swipe files to help you. We've got case studies from guests and community members who are doing incredible projects that you can learn from. And we've also built an application just for you that allows you to appraise and evaluate your deals, stack them side by side and track the key metrics that are most important to you. To find out more, head to the hmoroadmap.co.uk now and come and join our incredible community of HMO property investors. Okay, welcome back to today's episode. So we're going to talk about maintenance and more specifically, we're going to talk about some ideas to help us reduce the cost of maintenance in our HMOs. Now look, this is just something, maintenance, that we all have to deal with. It's something we can't get away with, no matter where we are, no matter what types of tenants we have, no matter what size of HMOs, no matter how many ensuite, you know, we've all got to spend money on maintenance. And it's really important that we deal with this swiftly and we deal with it efficiently. It's really, really important that we keep our tenants happy and that we prevent anything worsening that could ultimately cost us a lot more in our properties. But the truth is, as we get busier in our property businesses, our attention can get diverted and maintenance costs, particularly things that aren't necessarily urgent, often fall off our radar. They don't get the attention that sometimes they need or perhaps you were able to give them when you were just getting started. At the same time, people can start to take advantage of you. They get used to and familiar with doing work for you. And because you don't always check your invoices, it's not too difficult for them just to push up their prices a little bit without having that conversation. Before you know it, maintenance costs can really start to spiral. 
And I found this in my own property businesses, managing lots of HMOs. I don't have time or the attention to keep an eye on everything that we're spending on all the houses in my portfolio. And that does become a bit of a problem because over time, what we find is our maintenance costs, our average cost per property gradually increases. And periodically, we have to have a look at what's going on. We have to try and find out why that's the case, and we have to try and get that cost down. Now, having done this several times over the years, I've learned a number of things. And today, what I want to do is share five very simple ideas with you, five things that you could employ into your own property business today to help you reduce your maintenance costs. Now, I know for a lot of our listeners, this is going to be really helpful because I think we could be talking about saving hundreds, if not thousands of pounds every single year. So it's a bit of a no-brainer to do this. And the good news is it's actually really, really easy to implement the advice that I'm going to share with you in today's episode. So what are these five things that are going to save you some money in your property business? Well, let's get started. Let's jump in. So the first of the five things that I want to talk to you about today to help you reduce your maintenance costs is the importance of having a written maintenance policy. Now, this isn't necessarily just for you. This is for any staff or any team members that you have or might have in the future. And it's also for your tenants. It's really important. And often we forget about the importance of having a policy in place to manage the expectations of our customers. Now, a maintenance policy should have clearly defined resolution timeframes. This is so, so important. And the reason this is so important is because tenants, understandably, can be impatient. We live in a world where many of our tenants are used to getting things on demand. They want a takeaway, they go in an app and it's there within 20 minutes. They want to buy something online, go into Amazon and you can have bought whatever it is that you want within a matter of minutes. But when it comes to maintenance in houses, it's of course different. There are a lot of moving parts. There are specialists or certainly other people that need to be involved in the process. And it's not always straightforward. So I think tenants often like to think that things are pretty black and white when it comes to maintaining houses. And of course, if you're a landlord, you'll know that that is often just not the case. Sometimes things need investigation, further exploration. Sometimes you've got to watch and wait. Sometimes you need to do a bit of trial and error. It's not always that straightforward. So having a maintenance policy so that everybody in your team and your customers understand what to expect and what resolution timeframes you work within really helps manage those expectations. So let me explain. Let's say a door handle comes off and your tenant thinks that that is urgent. Let's say that door handle is to a cupboard in someone's bedroom, like a a wardrobe under an alcove or an alcove, and the door handle comes off. Now, yes, it's frustrating. Yes, it needs attention. But is it an emergency? Does it need sorting within 24 hours? No, of course not. Is it urgent? Does it need sorting within three to five days? No, honestly, probably not. I don't think anybody's at risk. I don't think the, the property's at risk. Um, would it be reasonable to get this done within four weeks? So long as they could actually get in there, the door was open, even though the door handle doesn't necessarily work, then yeah, I think it would be okay to just make sure it was done within four weeks. And um, Also, we've got to remember that these are fairly intangible timeframes. You know, we do tend to just pluck these figures out of the air. I think emergency stuff and certainly urgent stuff does need to be done quickly because it will have an effect on the ability for people, our tenants, to lead normal lives. If they can't use the oven or if the fridge breaks and they've got no food, if there's no hot water, you know, of course, these have quite significant impacts on their ability to get up and do the things that they need to do on a daily basis. But some things just don't have that same impact. And sometimes it takes us a bit of time to do what we need to do, to figure out what's going on, to book the right people on. Things like bank holidays, things like 
summer holidays getting in the way, people going away, people getting unwell, material shortages. There are lots of things that can make it quite tricky sometimes. And the best way to manage this with the attendants is to tell them off the bat that they shouldn't expect it to be done quickly. Unless, of course, it is something that you expect will be done quickly. Now, why will having this maintenance policy save you money? Why and how will this reduce your maintenance costs? Well, by having these expectations set, you can actually take some pressure off yourself. Pressure that your tenants might otherwise exert on you to get things done instantly. You can fall back on that and you can say, look, here's a reminder of our resolution timeframes. We will look at it, but now we need to get some quotes and now we need to come and investigate. And buying yourself that time is important because that lets you get the right people in, lets you shop around for the right materials, that lets you actually figure out with a bit of time whether it is a genuine problem or not. So many times we've had things reported and then a couple of days later, you know, miraculously it's resolved. You see, rushing to get non-urgent items done quickly can just cost us more money. We may end up sending the wrong people there. We might end up paying more because they think we need it doing urgently and we feel like we haven't got a choice. We might end up paying more for materials because we're not waiting for something else to come into stock that would be perfectly fine but just isn't available today. There are a whole host of reasons. So sometimes having that maintenance policy just buys you that time. It allows you to really look at the lay of the land and that can help you reduce your costs. Okay, moving on. The second thing that I want to talk to you about today, the second thing that's going to help you reduce the cost of maintenance in your properties is to use a team of trusted tradesmen and have a predetermined labour rate for your call-outs with them. This is so important. If you don't have this agreement, you call someone up, you ask them to go around, they go, and they can sometimes just pluck a labour rate out of the air. They might spend an hour there, they might spend three hours there, but sometimes that figure may not at all be justified. You know, it may not bear any reference at all to how much time they actually spent there. They We see this all the time. Sometimes I get invoices back from people in chunks of 85, 90, 100 pounds. And I query it and I ask what that is. And they will say that that's our standard hourly call out fee. And I have to remind them that's not what we've agreed. This is what we've agreed. You have to remember that These guys work with a lot of other people as well. Sometimes we are just another cog in their big system and they don't always pay the attention to our invoices that they need and that we've agreed. So it's really important to have those relationships. It's sometimes difficult to build trusted relationships in every single trade. I know we work in a difficult industry and sometimes you've just got to use whoever you can get your hands on, particularly that's been the case you know, more so recently post-COVID when it's been so, so busy and so difficult to pin people down because they've been so busy. But have those relationships in place wherever possible. Have predetermined labour rates that you've already agreed in writing so that you know what to expect when they go. Otherwise, you will just get your eyes clawed out. People will go around, they'll fix some relatively minor things that'll take them 30 minutes, an hour, and they'll be charging you £120 for a standard call out, whatever it might be. And it's really important that you keep on top of this, particularly if you're dealing with maintenance across a larger portfolio and there's potentially a lot more than just this one call out. So this really will help avoid those extortionate fees and invoices that you get back off people. And you just think, oh my God, what were you doing there? How long did this take? And then you've got to go and investigate it all. And Of course, they've just plucked some sort of hourly rate out of the air that you didn't agree to. So that's the second tip. Have a team of trusted tradesmen and predetermine the labour rates with them for the call outs. The third thing I want to talk to you about today, and I think this is possibly one of the most important things, is 
batching your maintenance jobs wherever you can. So this actually links back to the first point we talked about in today's episode, which is having that maintenance policy and buying yourself a bit of time by using those resolution timeframes effectively. So I'll give you an example. In fact, I've got a number of properties that are next to each other. And sometimes we can accrue a number of maintenance jobs, very low grade, non-urgent items. And we could send someone out there and they are going to want a minimum charge for going. I understand that. You know, they've got to drive from wherever they are and they might need to take some materials with them that they've prepared. And even if it's a 10 minute job, they're possibly going to charge us substantially more than 10 minutes work. And I get that. And I think that that is fair. But if they're going to that location, that address, if I can give them five or six or seven different jobs that might be in the same house or in houses immediately next door, I can actually negotiate a much better rate. And I can actually hold them to account. I can say to them, actually, yes, there might be a call out fee, but you actually only attended once. We just gave you a lot of jobs to do. That really gives you a lot more leverage. It's very difficult for someone to just justify an £80 an hour call-out fee if you're giving them five or six, seven jobs. They can't just give you four hours at £80. It doesn't work like that. If you don't manage your maintenance, guys, if you don't manage the tradesmen, if you don't have those relationships and those predetermined labour rates, you'll still fall into that trap. But batching jobs will significantly help you reduce those maintenance costs. You just won't pay that premium of them having to go there to do the job in the first place. It's so, so important. You could save hundreds of pounds every single month with a medium-sized portfolio just by doing that. But of course, that does mean not rushing to get every single report of maintenance done as soon as it is reported. You've got to wait. You've got to see what else is in the batch. You've got to see who can do it and manage it in that way. So there is a bit of sort of work in doing that. And it's important that you buy yourself the time or your team have the time to do that. But if you do, it'll definitely be cost effective. Okay, number four, the fourth thing that I want to talk to you about today is the importance of using better quality materials and more skilled tradesmen. Now, look, I get the attraction of using cheap labour. We all do. I'm a landlord. I like to save the pennies. But the truth is, sometimes you get what you pay for. If you send someone who just doesn't have the skills, you could very well end up two, three months down the line going back in to fix the same problem again. Now, that's particularly frustrating for our tenants because they've already reported it. And as far as they're concerned, you should have dealt with it when you went in to do it. But of course, you get someone in, you've paid them, they're on the way, and you get a report two, three months down the line. And what do you do? Do you get them back? They might not necessarily agree that it's the same thing. They certainly may not be forthcoming in actually giving you any sort of a discount or just going back at no cost. And this is a real problem. And particularly with things like bathrooms with leaks, sealants, stuff like that, this can get really, really expensive. And I've seen this before a number of times. We have made the mistake before of using cheap labour. We've done this with decorators before. We've sent people in to redecorate some bathrooms. They've used the wrong paint within a couple of months. It's all peeling off because they've painted a water base on top of an acrylic. And this sort of stuff is really important. So again, it links back to the second point, having that team of trusted tradesmen, but make sure they're skilled as well. Make sure they're using the right materials, not the cheapest materials, because this will help make sure that you're not actually going back in to do the same thing. Do it once, do it right. Okay, number five, the fifth piece of advice that I want to share with you today. I think this will really help you manage the whole process, keep on top of it, help justify costs from tradesmen. Ask for photographic evidence, ask for video evidence, 
and, where possible, insist on guarantees for the work that they've done. Now, these are all really important. And how often do we forget to ask for a picture? We just trust someone that it's done. How often do we not ask for a video? How often do we not ask for a guarantee on someone's work? You know, these are just simple conversations, simple requests that we can all do. And I'm not saying that every piece of work can be guaranteed, but certainly some of the work that we ask to get done should be guaranteed. And I do that with my tradesmen so that if there is a repeat, if there is an issue a couple of months down the line and it is the same thing, they will go back at at no charge to resolve it because I've already paid for it. And I think that that's fair. So there are just a few ideas. And just to add to that as well, avoid paying your invoices immediately. Now, I know that some tradesmen like to get paid overnight. We have a policy in my business. We just don't do that. We do payment runs every two weeks. Now, for some of my builders, some of my guys who do big jobs for me, and you now maybe we can at times have very large amounts of money that we owe them, I'm happy to make exceptions. But generally speaking, and we spend hundreds and in fact, thousands of pounds every week on maintenance at times, I don't want to pay invoices every day, every other day, every few days. Actually, what we like to do is get invoices into the system. That gives us time to see what's in. It gives us time to scrutinise the invoices. It gives us time as a team to go back and ask for more information, ask for photographs, ask for the guarantees, whatever it might be. And it gives us time to see whether or not it's actually worked. I'll give you a really simple example. Roofs. If you've ever had a roof leak, you'll know that roofers can be quite a tricky trade to manage. It happened to me on more than one occasion. I had a roofer go up. They want the money there and then, we've paid it, and lo and behold, it's leaking the following day and I can't get through to them, their phone's off, never to be turned on again. My fault, shouldn't have paid them, shouldn't have trusted them, didn't have a team of trusted tradesmen, (laughs) shouldn't have paid them immediately. It's my issue. But this sort of stuff does happen, and if you don't have your wits about you in our industry, you will get taken for a ride. It's really important. A good tradesman shouldn't expect or need to be paid immediately. I think that that's fair. I don't think it's unrealistic to understand that as a business, as a property owner, you've got other things to attend to as well, not just invoices to pay. And if anything else, this just helps you manage your business better anyway. If you're putting time aside to manage things like finance and invoices where you can batch your work, that's actually going to make your time much more effective. You're going to be much more efficient at actually doing that part of your your job running your business. So that's my advice. Get photographic evidence, get video evidence, insist on guarantees, and where possible, avoid paying for work immediately. Give it some time to see whether it works and take some time to scrutinise the invoices, ask questions, ask for more evidence if that's what you need. So there we go. Five things that'll help you reduce your maintenance costs today. I guarantee this will help you. Number one, have a written maintenance policy. Set those expectations. Make sure everybody, including your tenants, understands what your resolution timeframes are. Number two, have a team of trusted tradesmen and predetermine those labour rates for call-outs. Number three, batch your maintenance jobs wherever you can. Number four, use better quality materials and more skilled tradesmen. That'll help make sure that You do it once and you do it right. And finally, number five, ask for photo evidence, for video evidence of work that's been done. Insist on guarantees where you can get it and avoid paying for work immediately. There you go, guys. Go and employ that in your business today and I guarantee it'll help you save some money.
That's it for today's episode. I hope that that helps you in your property business. I'm sure it will. If you want to come and ask any questions about today's episode or perhaps any issues that you're having with maintenance in your own HMO property business, come on over to the HMO community. We're nearly five and a half thousand members strong. There's a huge amount of advice and guidance and support being shared in there every single day. So if you're one of our listeners who hasn't joined yet, come and check it out. It's free. It's our Facebook group. It's called the HMO community. And I promise you'll find it incredibly valuable. Of course, if you want to level things up, if you want to learn about how to actually manage maintenance in detail better, how to impress your tenants, how to find other ways of keeping your costs down, then head on over to the hmoroadmap.co.uk. There's lots of lessons about maintenance and managing your property business in there, as well as videos and masterclasses on how to find more deals, how to raise private finance and fund them how to find great tenants and keep them longer, and a whole lot more, including dozens and dozens of incredibly inspiring case studies for Deal Stacker to help you actually analyze your HMO deals, things that you might be thinking about buying. We've got tons of downloadable resources, templates that you can actually use in your property business today, and, and a whole lot more. So go and check all of that out now if you're serious about scaling up in 2023. Guys, if I can ask you very quickly, if you've got 30 seconds to spare, please, please, please leave a quick review of the show. I know I ask you regularly, it does help us continue to spread the message about all the great work that we in our community are doing to improve the standards of accommodation to young people in the UK. And it helps me keep bringing great guests onto the show that I know you love so much. That's it for today's episode. Go and employ all that information and advice into your business today and save yourself a packet in maintenance costs. Don't forget, I'll be right back here in the very same place next week. So please join me then for another instalment of the HMO Podcast. (laughs) 